Uh, all right, five, four, three, two, one. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our Black Junior Podcast. Uh, man, I hope y'all uh, uh, are excited uh, as we are. Man, we got some special guests uh, lined up tonight. Uh, man, I couldn't have a better lineup tonight. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, uh, some young, we got a young gun that's coming on tonight. And uh, we've got an, uh, you know, what I would call an expert in the uh, index system. Uh, we got uh, Mr. Rob Thompson, uh, who, who has decided to embrace us with his presence tonight. And he's going to be talking about the index, the course ratings and handicaps and the whole nine. So what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to start off with our special guest. So let me introduce him, introduce him real quick. Uh, this young man comes to us from Augusta, Georgia. Yes, one of his goals is one day to be able to play at Augusta National. And so uh, Zevi has won over 300 junior golf titles, uh, golf championships, and he was just featured, and this is the first time I've had a chance to meet him, um, he was featured on the Today Show a couple of weeks ago, did an awesome job on the show, uh, very articulate, um, you know, very well-mannered. I can tell he's, he's raised uh, by, by, by some parents that, that not only wants him to be good in golf, but he wants, they, they want him to be good in life. And so, Sevi uh, Perez, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Mr. Thompson. Uh, you're more than welcome, man. So, I, like I said, I know this won't be your last interview. Uh, you, you got that personality. And uh, give me one second. Let me make sure the lines are clear because um, we're going to get some Q&A at the end, okay? So, Zevi, so, man, uh, you're, doing, you're doing some awesome things. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how did, you, how did you get in the game of golf? So, um, right after my um, papa, he got done with the military. He picked up the sport of golf. And um, one day, those he was um, working on a club, and those his little um, golf clubs is laying around, and I just um, crawled up to it and just started swinging it. And ever since, I fell in love with the game. Good, good, good. And so, um, so, so, what are some of the things uh, that that you feel, uh, Zevi, that's that's giving you that extra edge in, in terms of being a really good junior? Um, usually, it just when I'm having something wrong with my um, my game, I usually try to spend and try to fix it when I'm on the range okay. and try to fix the problem. But one other thing I got is a little um, secret weapon, and it's a prayer. So I'm going to say it right now, and this is how it goes. So it goes like this. Baby Jesus, please bless me with the strength to encourage to do good in this match, and hopefully I can win. Amen. Wow, Zevi. You just you – just, you just... You just made the podcast. <laughs> I don't um, really trick time. Now we're at, oh, 10 minutes a day yeah. and then a 20 minutes this hour. No, I usually just train until I um, figure out the problem of my swing and just try to um, perfect it. Awesome. And, and so, 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 Debbie, talk to us a little bit about what's your, what's your practice routine? I, I hear you say you get, a, you get a lot of practice in. So tell us your, like, practice routine when you go to the course. It usually starts off like um, I get a little spot of medium bucket. I head to the range to warm up a little bit. Um, once I'm done with that, it's always I'm playing on the course. So I'll go with my coach onto the course, and, like, if I'm doing something wrong, he'll correct me with it. 
Mm-hmm. But because for me, it's usually playing. I don't really think um, I don't really like to be on the range all day because right. I love to get on the course. And then while I'm just playing, I'm just having fun. Good. So you just answered my next question. Are you, you know, you're, are you having fun on the golf course? Yes, that's, that's just what I think it is. A um, little bit of practice. To me, a little bit of practice, discipline. But the most thing of all is just having fun because if you're not having fun, I mean, I mean, it's not fun, then you got to do something else. But to me, I'm always out on the course, having fun, just having a little smile on my face. It's just been pretty good. That's good, just what good. I do. All right, so now let's 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 uh, flip it a little bit, Zavi. When you're having a bad day on the course, what what are you thinking about? Uh, what's what do you what do you try to do? What's your mindset when you're having a bad day on the course? Um, I don't really um have bad days. I mean, really, if like I don't like throw clubs or do a temper tantrum because I don't really have bad games. I'm just out there having fun. Good. So, all right. Well, well, I tell you what. Let's flip it a little bit. What if? What if? What? What? What do you think about if you're playing bad? Because you know sometimes golf can be really tough. And so, what? What do you? What do you think about when you when you're not playing at your best? Um, I just pray to God that I could um do a little bit better, and I just believe that um I just pray to God and believe that it'll help. Good, good. So you pray. When you're playing bad, you just say a little prayer so God can turn it around, right? <laughs> good. Yeah, and I'm do some practice on the range a little bit. Good, That's- good. And, and Sevi, what's your who's your favorite player? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is um period. He's my favorite golfer. I seen almost everything. I seen his um his life story. I seen his videos. I mean, I mean, I even dress like them a lot too. Yeah, I've seen it. I, I've, seen, I've I seen that. I've seen that Sunday Tiger Red outfit you wear. <laughs> I even read his on book Tiger Woods How to Play Golf. I read that almost every time. Good, good. Now, <laughs> now I know you yeah. have a. I know you have a favorite course. Um, that what's your favorite course that you've played before? Pebble Beach. I played on um, all four. Um, Spanish Bay was good. Poppy Hills was good, and um. Spyglass is good, but Pebble Beach was the best of all. And plus, playing on the ocean was a little bit of a challenge. That's why I liked it pretty. It was right. really good. Yeah, pretty, lot, too. Pretty, too. A lot of wind. It's real pretty. But it's also a tough course, isn't it? Yes. yes. It's really it's tough. Right, right. So, so Sevi, um, so you, uh, what's, what's, what's your dream course that you like to play one day? The dream course is the Masters. I just... I hope one day I can become the youngest player to play there, like maybe at 17 or 16, but it just be a dream come to the a dream come true to play at the Masters. I mean, all the greats did it. Tiger did it. Yeah. Um, Jack Nicklaus did it. So if I just get to play there one day, that just be a, a dream come true. Awesome, awesome. Because you don't live too far from uh, Augusta National. How, how far do you live from Augusta National? I think about um about 20, 20 minutes, I think. About 20 minutes, I think. 20 minutes think- from Augusta. 30 minutes, I think. For like 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Have you have you ever been to to the Masters to see the, the professionals play? Yes, I've been there. Um I've been there one time and I think that was when Spieth was there, Tiger okay. was and um when I was on the tee box, I say, Great shot, Tiger. I yelled it pretty I yelled right. it, but you, me 
place to watch the Masters is at home. Good, good, good. <laughs> so, so how many hole, how, how many hole in ones have you have you had so far? I had one when I was six years old, and then I had one that could have gone in. And when I was on, I hit it, but since they had the foaming, the pool noodle in, because right. of the coat, it went in and just bounced off an inch away from the hole. Wow. And then the one I did when I was six, I was three down. And it was about, when I was six years old, I think about 150 or 140 yards, and I hit a hybrid um, right onto the green, and um, someone shouted, it's in the hole! And Papa thought it was, oh, that was a joke. But it, other than that, it was it was just more than um, a hole-in-one. It was also a double eagle. Double eagle. Wow. That's awesome, Zevi. That's awesome. So, uh, so Zevi, we're not going to keep you too long tonight. We know you probably got school tomorrow. Um, so, so what I'm going to do, Zevi, is I'm going to open up the lines. We've got some juniors on. We've got some parents on. And I want to give them an opportunity to ask you a question or two before we uh, wrap up this particular session, okay? So, parents, juniors, uh, any questions for Zevi Perez? All right, going once. All right, here we go. I, I have a question for Sevi. Um, Sevi, first of all, I think you have great energy. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, I'm not a parent, but I'm a golf instructor. And I mean, you, you just inspired me just listening to you talk. I'm curious, what's, the fav what's your favorite part of your game? So in other words, do you prefer the putting, chipping? Do you like hitting out of trouble? What, what do you like most when you're playing golf? Uh, my driver, because I'm pretty um, accurate at it. I can hit it pretty far, too, because um, off the tee is what I think I can do um, the best also. I can hit it about 240 or 230 um, straight down. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm assuming you've obviously been fitted for your clubs. Um, what age were you fitted uh, for your clubs? Um, fitted, I think I started playing my, um, my clubs. I've been through, I played a different club throughout, but the clubs I've been playing now, I think I got fit when I was about eight years old, I think, about eight years old. Okay. Awesome, Zevi. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thanks, thanks Danny. All right. Next question for Sevi. Um, so when you have a bad hole or when you're feeling down, like, how do you combat it, and how do you, like, stay happy? Um, I have my love coach, my mom, and I do a little. Um, my mom, she cheers me up. Um, I usually singing usually helps me do that also or listen to a song also. But the three things that help um, stay, like, cheered up is my mom, which is my love coach, um, singing and just, like, um, taking a, a deep breath, maybe eat a little snack maybe. <laughs> Sevi, That's how I usually works for me. Sevi, I'm gonna practice that tomorrow. I'm gonna, if I have, if I hit a bad shot, I'm gonna start singing on the course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try that, Sevi. Awesome, man. I'll, That's great, kids, man. I tell you, awesome. And also, and also, like, how do you hit it straight and far, and like, how do you like keep the club face straight through the full swing? Um, I usually try to, um, usually it's the backswing that I try to focus more because in the backswing I have to turn my hip so you can get the club square. And when that's done on the backswing, you have to rotate your hips forward. So once you like rotate it, the club will be square. And I mean, you could, you start 
big swing though. I mean, I try to copy um I try to learn from John Rom because he has a, a little a compact swing and I'm trying to um, learn from that because if I take a big swing, you're gonna catch the ball late on the downswing. So if you keep it compact, you can hit it on flush straight down the middle. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. You're welcome. Thank you for those questions, y'all. All right, any other questions for Zevi? Hey, is that Kendall? Hello, is that Kendall? Okay, we can't we can't hear you, Maurice. We can't hear you, Kendall. All right, next question. Let's take let's take the next question for Kendall. I mean for uh, Zevi. Next question. Wait, hello, can you hear me now? Yes, yes. Go right ahead. Hi. I, I can hear you. Yeah, we can, we can hear you, Kendall. Yes. Yes. All right. I think we lost Kendall again. Hey, Maurice, we can hear you. Okay. All right. Let's, let's move on, guys. All right. Any, anybody got any, any other questions for Sevi? Hey, Sevi, this is Robert. Hey, just want to tell you that um, you are an amazing kid. I can see that in five minutes. I've seen you on here, and um, I've got a feeling one, one day I'm going to be bragging about the fact that I got to talk to you when you were a kid. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> hey, one, one question I have um, is, do you, do you play with many grown-ups? Uh, what, what do you learn playing with any adults, or do you primarily play with juniors during your, um, you know, outside of tournament play? I usually play with um, grown-ups um, all the time. I play with my papa, and um, recently, um, it was pretty recent, I won the, well, I'm sorry, not won, I won second in the club, the club championship, and um, I was the only kid out there. A lot of them were um, all grown-ups, and I came in second place. Still on? Well, sorry, I'm hearing you. No, that's a, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, you keep it up. Again, I'm going to brag one day about meeting you. So, so last question, Sevi. Uh, can you beat Dad? Oh yes, I, I can beat. I started. I figured I could start beating him when I was five years old, and it used to be like it was really like tense. Like he would, it, I would beat him by two or just one stroke. But now I can beat him by seven strokes. But in nine holes now, well, we play piano. I can beat him by like ten strokes or twelve. So, so Sevi, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to start giving him a couple of strokes aside, you know. <laughs> he, he he takes a lot more. Oh, he gets a lot more. <laughs> so, that's the thing. Two off the first tee, I'm like, nope, we're playing square. But I said, you can do two off the first tee, but I'll just play I'll just play my ball. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome, awesome. Well, listen, Sevi, we have absolutely enjoyed you uh, being on the podcast. Um, you know, we are so looking forward to, to, to you having a, a really bright future and uh, the best of luck. Um, stay on the podcast as long as you like. We've got some great, uh, we got two more guests uh, that's going to talk about some, some things. And uh, I think you can definitely learn from some of the things that we're going to talk about. Okay. So again, thank you for being on. And uh, thank you, sir. It, it really means a lot to me and my, um, my parents and my family. Hey, well, listen, tell your parents. We really appreciate you uh, them allowing you to be on because they didn't have to. Uh, they didn't know me from a can of paint. 
uh, that, but they were willing to come on. Just thank you so much once more. And um, anytime, it just it just be great. I'm just I'm in, I'm just kind of a little amazed right now. Good, good. Well, thank you for being on. And so, uh, guys, we are excited. Uh, we we we've, we've learned a lot from from Sevi. And so, uh, next up, guys, um, uh, is a special guest on our podcast tonight. Uh, we have J uh, Jamie Taylor, who's from the Black Golf Directory. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm gonna get Jamie to tell her tell tell you a little bit about herself and tell you about the Black Black Golf Directory. She's doing some amazing things. She also has a podcast that she's gonna tell you about. And um, we are so excited to have her on tonight. So, Jamie, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Rob. Appreciate you uh, allowing me to have this time. And apologies for a little running behind. I have to tell you, uh, I know how much work this involves. And so I appreciate you for putting this type of uh, uh, event together on a monthly basis because it is a lot of work. <laughs> I've been easy. there. Right. Right. So uh, I'll just I'll briefly tell you about myself. Uh, my name is Jamie Taylor. Like you said, I live in uh, the Orlando, Florida area, although I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm an LPGA professional, and I currently work for the LPGA headquarters in Daytona Beach, Florida, as a program director for the foundation. And so those, that's my day job. Um, the Black Golf Directory is a website that I developed in January of this year for the purpose of trying to find, have a place where we, people can find African-American uh, professionals, whether they be tour players, uh, teaching pros like myself or clubhouse uh, club, club pros, as well as um, uh, coach, black coaches. Um, I have a highlight, I highlight high school players, I highlight junior programs, amateur groups, and black businesses that are owned by African-Americans in golf. So it was something that I just knew we needed because when you Google search black golfers or black professional golf professionals, you would get some of the typical names that you would see like Tiger Woods and Renee Powell and so forth. But there's just so many more of us out there that are doing great things. And I wanted to be able to showcase that through the website. So please visit it. If you haven't had a chance, if you know any high schoolers that play golf that want to be featured, um, definitely put them on there. The purpose of them being on there is so that hopefully coaches can find them that way to uh, recruit for college um, golf. So that's the website. But the reason I asked Ro to give me this opportunity to speak with you, you tonight is uh, one of the things that came up, and I'm, I do this through my website and my podcast, but now I'm doing this, um, but this event that I'm having come up is we have a lack of black interns in our programs and on the corporate side. So obviously there's a lack of black employees, but internship programs <laughs> is where I'm focused on. And so I've gotten the uh, AJGA, USGA, uh, I think you guys know what that means, but AJGA, American Junior Golf Association, USGA, United States Golf Association, PGA, and of course my job, LPGA, have all agreed to uh, do webinars with me to talk about their internship programs and specifically talk about not only what they offer, but what you need, what students need to do to become viable candidates as intern for internship programs, as well as um, hear from former interns that can kind of share with you the experience. And I want to just emphasize that most of our interns, at least definitely the LPGA, are not golfers. So the assumption that you have to be a golfer to work for the golf industry is false, but a lot of people assume that um, you can come from any background because just like any other corporation, we have accounting department, we have HR, we have marketing, 
we have IT. So, uh, you know, I want to break the, I want to be able to share that information with as many uh, people in our community because I think that's the main thing is they also want to increase diversity in their internship programs. The other reason why we're doing it um, soon, which is, I would say the date time frame is going to be the last week of September through October. The reason why we're doing it at this time is because most of the internship applications open up now and they hire them for the next upcoming season, whether it's a spring internship or summer. Um, what often happens in the past is they'll do a live conference of some kind or career fair, but it happens in May, like at the PGA Works Championship, which is a tournament for Black, historically Black college and universities, and by then the internships are already filled. So then it's too late to apply. So I wanted to do something early enough to get the information out. So even if you don't have a child that's even close to the age of being an intern, and it's still worth going to watch these webinars. And they most likely will be pre-recorded, which will be good because you can watch them at your leisure. But the idea is that you can spread the word to other uh, Black youth that might be interested or never thought about it. I know coming up, I played golf my whole life. I went to college to play golf at a, I didn't go to Purdue Black School, but I went to play golf and never knew about these internships until long after I graduated. So my goal is to get the word out there, educate our community on the opportunities and hopefully drive a lot more applicants towards to them because I know a lot of them genuinely do want to diversify their programs. So that's pretty much it. Like I said, the time frame would be uh, the last week of September through through October. Um, I'll be doing a lot of promotion on social media. I'll be sending out newsletters, uh, but ideally you would sign up so that I could send you directly the links um, to the information. And I would just ask you to just share, share, share so that one, they can see that this is needed and I can promote it in the future for, you know, in the coming years. But two, I genuinely just want to grow the diversity in the, in the internship and hopefully employment of the golf industry. Okay, thank you so much, Jamie. Uh, and Jamie, what's the age range um, on on the on the intern program? So a lot of them are more like junior year of college and up. However, some of them can start as young as uh, freshman year. Um, I'm even bringing in youth on course, which actually does high school age. Yeah. So um, yeah, I would say you know there's it varies, but you know a couple of them they they do junior year and up because they really genuinely want to get people that they know they can hire when they're done interning. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Any questions for Jamie from the black golf directory? Any questions? All right. Going once, going twice. Okay. Jamie, thank you so much for bring, delivering that information uh, from those, from those institutions. Uh, we love having you. Um, you know, you can come on anytime. And uh, thank, you. thank you so much for everything, okay? Thanks for having me. And if something, if something does come up, please feel free to contact me through the website, www.blackgolfdirectory.com, because I will be passing on those questions to the contacts of the people that are going to be host doing the webinar. So if you have any questions you want answered, please let me know. Okay. I think we might have a question for you. Mo, Mo, Mo you got a question for Jamie? I just want to say thank you. Uh, I catch your podcast a lot during the week, so... I appreciate uh, the not only the information that is shared, but um, the different speakers that you have on. So it's, it's, it's very beneficial. Thanks, Mo. Yeah. No, that's a whole other thing. If you guys want to hear about Black 
people in the golf industry that are doing things, black golf architects and so forth. I think this week we're going to be featuring a black golf superintendent and PGA professional. Um, that's definitely something you should listen to. Awesome. Yeah, those are some, some, some good categories, uh, Jamie. All right. Do we have a question from Kenji? No? Um, I actually have a question. I'm just, I'm, I'm proud for um, what you're doing, man. Thank you, Miguel. Uh, thank you, uh, Z Zevi. Yeah, Zevi. Thank you so much. It took me a while to find the, um, the button. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. All right. Thank, thanks, Jamie. Thank you. All right. Guys, I mean, this, po this podcast is, is really fire. Uh, we're doing some amazing things uh, on the Black Junior Podcast and Junior Golf Podcast. And so uh, my next guest, you all, um, you know, you, you probably want to get your notebook. You probably want to get your tablet. You're probably going to want to take a couple of notes uh, from this guy. Uh, Rob Thompson uh, comes highly recommended uh, by a, a very good friend of mine. And um, I, I play golf with uh, a gentleman by the name of Kevin Montgomery. And um, every time we play, Kevin says, man, I got this guy named Rob, man. He's just really smart. He just, man, this guy is, and, and he's tried to explain to me the index system like 10 times and I still can't figure it out. <laughs> so, so, so Rob, he, you come highly recommended y'all. By the way, y'all, Rob is uh, from Pinehurst, North Carolina. And so many of you, uh, you, you know, Pinehurst, um, you know, in doing my research, you know, Rob is one of the best when it comes to explaining the index, the course rating, et cetera. You know, he, you know, I'm gonna ask him some questions and I'm gonna just, just let him go and do his thing. Uh, but, uh, but Robert, Hey, welcome to the show. How you doing tonight, man? Hey, thanks a lot for having me. So, hey. um, so I did want to say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a, club pro. I'm not a professional. I am a, a fairly low handicap player. We've been playing 30, 35 years or so. Um, but one of the things that, that I've found over the years is as we introduce new players to the game, and especially as more African-Americans come are getting introduced to the game, um, I want to help, help individuals navigate the nuances. Um, you know, golf is a tough enough game. You know, it's, it, it's Technically, it's tough. Knowing where you're supposed to stand is tough. Where you're not supposed to be is tough. So, so, and and the rules are tough, and and um, and scoring is tough. And so, particularly around um, the world handicap system. And so, I am not an expert, as Rose says, but I do play in a lot of club events, and I've been playing for a long time, and I've I've been around a lot of clubs most of my life. So, um, it 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 is something that. I, I feel kind of a responsibility to help get people up to speed so we're better informed um, and more knowledgeable of the, the game in its totality. So Rob, quick question for you. So first question, Rob, what is, hand, what is a handicap? So first of all, um, we work under a, a system called the World Handicap System. There was a major modification made this past year um, with the guidance of the two biggest governing bodies in golf, USGA and RNA. Um, and um, um, I think, um, I, I would say that I think handicapping is probably one of the most misinterpreted aspects of the game and the, and the terminology can be a little confusing. Okay. Um, the most common misconception, and I'm going to tell you what it's not first. The most, mis the most common misconception is the fact that most people think that it represents your average performance. Mm 
That is not the case statistically. It kind of, uh, I guess it's, it's best phrased as a representation of the potential of your game based on your most recent performance. And there's, I know that's nuanced language there, but it's a difference. So for example, um, um, you know, I, I hear a lot of guys, and this is kind of the, the thing that makes me cringe. They say, um, I normally shoot about 82, so I'm a 10 handicap. Well, that's not the case. And I don't think um, um, the handicap system isn't perfect um, by any stretch of the imagination, but it, I think it does help to, to, to have, allow for competition between different players, whether whether where they uh, with different skill level players, I should say, um, and make the competition as fair as possible. Um, I think it, it you know it obviously helps us um, um, create a situation where you have an understanding of your of your potential, and you can measure that against you know, other competitors. So um, again, the handicap system is not perfect, um, but but what you're looking to do is have a numerical representation, which is typically referred to as a, a handicap index um, that demonstrates what your potential is. And Rob, if you don't mind, expand on that a little bit when you're talking about, when you say the, the system is not necessarily perfect. Okay. So um, I think, first of all, the system is only as good as the integrity of the players. Um, that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest issue. You, you've got um, hopefully the vast majority of players out there carry handicaps that are that are indexes that are truly representative of their game. Um, but you do have people that fall into two different camps. You have sandbaggers who, who, who post artificially high scores in order to gain advantage in competition. And you have people who have vanity handicaps who um, would like to say, you know, I'm a plus two and, you know, they can't crack an egg. So it's it, that, so that is one aspect. The other piece of, um, of the system that I don't, I, I think is not perfect, right. is that you can't use someone index, use someone's index as a true indicator as to what they're going to, or predict what they're going to shoot in a singular round. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, um, you know, in its totality, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, um, your handicap is, is, is based off of the, the best eight of your last 20 differentials. Um, so mathematically, that would suggest that you're only gonna, you're only gonna shoot better than your number 20% of the time. And so, um, um, and I think what gets lost in the handicap system a little bit is a level of consistency. So, you know, I've got a buddy who's, you know, he's like a plus, seriously, he's like a plus two five mm. and always shoots between 68 and 72. Okay. So he has a consistent um, mapping. And so he, in his case, it's very predictable. Yeah. Myself, on the other hand, I'm a three. And in my last 20 scores, I've got a 70 and an 84. So you know, if, if I say I'm a three and I show up to play with you and I shoot an 83, you probably walk away and say, oh, you're a bum. You're lying about that. You're not a three. <laughs> right. But it happens. And, it, and so, again, it represents what you're capable of doing, not necessarily – what you can predict that you're going to do. Awesome. So Rob, how do you get an index? You know, you were real, real specific on that. How do you get an index? So this access had always used to be a very big problem for people. So um, when I was growing up, you had to be a member of a club to, to, to get an index. 
Um, you could do the math at home, but it wasn't official. And so nowadays, most state organizations offer e-clubs. So here in North Carolina, we have, based on, based on regions, you have um, um, Carolina's Sand Hills, Carolina's Charlotte, um, and I think up in Raleigh around this triad or something of that nature. But you can join an e-club. Um, you don't necessarily have to be a member of a physical club now to, to, get, a, get, a, to get an index. Um, the systems now are so easy. I mean, you, there's a gen app, um, on your, on your, on your phone, um, or your PC that you can use. And so, and so it's great. And I think the gen app is, has, has expanded in the, in the most recent iterations that you can now enter more advanced stats than you used to be able to, to, to put in. So you can analyze some of the weak spots in your game. So, um, and, it's about $35 a year. So it's not a huge investment. And I encourage, you know, really encourage people to, to, to get an official index, especially when it, um, if they play a lot of competitive golf. Right. So Rob, let's say I'm in a club, I'm entering scores. Um, tell me a little bit about how that number is calculated. All right. So, I mean, the first thing it, with explaining it is that it, it it's some, Fairly advanced math, I shouldn't say advanced math, a lot of inputs into the math. But one thing for, for everyone to understand is you don't necessarily have to know where the calculations come from in order to have an index. So if I, you know, if we go and start talking about it and it sounds too convoluted and it turns you off from being interested in having one at all, don't let it because the software and the systems out there now make it so easy for you. And so it shouldn't be a problem. Right. But so there, there are kind of three, to answer your question, the three key components. It starts with an adjusted gross score, a course rating, and a slope rating. And so, um, so the, the, the course rating is what a scratch player would expect to shoot from that set of tees on that given course um, under normal conditions. Um, the slope rating is something that was, and I forget the exact year it went into play, but it was, it's one of the later components to the, to the, to the math. And, and what it indicates is how incrementally difficult is that, is that course from a, for a bogey golfer versus a scratch golfer. So if you're playing a course that is, that is um, all straightaways, no force carries, very few out of bounds, let's say you're playing in Kansas, Mm-hmm. Um, you might have a course rating that's fairly low, but if you get to, if you're playing a place that has a lot of force carries, um, especially like um, where Jamie lives in Florida, you've got a lot of, a lot of water, um, courses tend to be tighter down there, a lot of out of bounds, the slope rating is higher. Gotcha. Um, and, and what, and the difference in that is somebody who's a three handicap probably is not worried about hitting the ball over a hazard that's 160 yards out. But somebody who's a 20, that's a real issue. And so it kind of seeks to separate that. Um, and the other thing is the adjusted, the adjusted gross score. Mm-hmm. So, and the term adjusted is, is out there because um, you could shoot 120, theoretically, and post a 90. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an anti-sandbagging application. It used to be... Um, in the old handicap system, it was considered equitable stroke control, and it was a tiered system. 
based on what your index was, what's the maximum score you could post on a hole. But the new rules make it a little easier to interpret. And it's basically net double bogey. So it's two strokes. It's, um, it's two strokes. Um, I'm sorry, more than you would get on any hole where you have a stroke. And so it's, it's simple as that. When I say when you have a stroke, where your course handicap indicates that you have one. And so, 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 oh, so go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you another question. Yeah, so, so from that, on, on, every, on every round, you have to establish what's known as a differential. And that's loosely what people consider how many over or under par they are, but that's not exactly correct. You basically take the adjusted gross score minus the course rating, and you multiply that times um, um, the slope rating divided by 113. And the 113 is a fairly arbitrary number that's used as a base with slopes. And so that comes out to a, a differential. And ultimately, your index is going to come from the average of those best eight differentials of your last 20 scores rounded to the nearest 10. So um, um, again, again, you don't necessarily need to learn that calculation, but just understand the basis of it and the theory behind it. And it helps under, it'll help you understand why, why your buddy who's a, you know, a 10 handicap shot 103 last week, because it happens statistically sometimes and vice versa. Yeah, I've seen that uh, definitely happen, Robert. So Robert, how do I apply these index to actual matches? So the, 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 you, you want to convert that into what's referred to as a course handicap. Mm -hmm. And the, the course handicap calculation is simply you take the, the, your handicap index, um, you multiply that times the slope rating divided by 113. Mm -hmm. Now you add the, the, the course rating minus par. And so what happens is what, what the course rating allows you to do is to play different courses um, of different difficulty levels and still have um, um, still have equitable match. So if I'm a five handicap, mm -hmm. um, a five index on course A, and I go to play a much easier course, I'm going to shoot lower scores. But but with those calculations, it will seek to make all things equal. And so, and so that, that, that's the, the driving factor behind that. Right. And you, and you had mentioned earlier, you, I know you had mentioned a couple of things already about how the, uh, the calculations had changed. Uh, what, are some, what are just a few more of those changes that's actually happened? Um, well, under the old system, you used to, um, you used to count the, the, the best 10 differentials of your last 20. Um, in the new system, you count the best eight. Um, the, um, the, I mentioned the other one, another big difference before, you now, the most you can post on any given hole is a net double bogey versus the old equitable stroke control um, table. Um, updates happen every night now. That's another good thing. They used mm. to, um, back when I was a kid, we used to go inside and write the write the number on a piece of paper and about a month later, you get a little handicap card telling you what you had. But today when you enter your score, you get your index updated every, every night now. Wow. Um, that's versus twice a month in the old system. Right. 
And there's a new concept out there around weather adjustments that um, looks at the, the, how everyone who played on that course on a given day did um, relative to their index. And, and it, it basically works to, um, to try to recognize some adverse condition which would have artificially inflated or deflated um, scores. And so you may post one number, but it may be adjusted um, within a couple of days to a, to a, to a, a different number or a different differential. Right. So now, Robert, this sounds like a lot of information and it could confuse a lot of people and just sound real complicated. What, you, what would you say to somebody that, that's saying, man, I don't know about all that? I mean, what would you say to people like that? Yeah, probably the biggest thing that I would say is just reiterate the fact that you don't necessarily need to do the math. You don't need to know how to do the math. The, it's nice to understand the concepts, but the systems take care of it. So you don't have to worry about anything other than what's the most you can post on the score on a whole, what tees you play from and plug it in. Um, the other thing is, um, is, is the fact that, you know, ultimately, you know, the goal of the system is to create an equitable playing field for everybody. Um, you want to be able to measure your ability and get some, you know, <clears throat> objective benchmarks as you, you know, track your performance and your, and or, I guess, your, your improvement. And then also, it adds, especially as I see more and more, um, more and more um, individuals sponsoring tournaments uh, or wanting to play in tournaments, you get access, you get access to tournaments that you may not um, have access to. And, and also adds credibility to the tournaments if you're sponsoring those. Hey, and, and, and Robert, it's funny you say that because one of the tournaments that I registered my son for, I think it was a, I can't remember if it was a hurricane or HAGA tournament, um, but they asked, they asked for his handicap. I'm like, Tom, he doesn't he don't even have a handicap. So I was able to get with, uh, I think it's Course course on Youth, I think that's the name, Youth on Course, and uh, we started establishing his handicap, uh, probably his index about about three months ago. And so now- that's you know, we, we, he, he's got a real one. He can, you know, plug that into any application for a junior tournament. And so that, it's been really helpful. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be really helpful moving forward. So appreciate all that info. So any questions, guys, for Robert uh, out of Pinehurst, North Carolina? Got any questions for Robert? Anybody? Any questions for Robert? Okay. Hey, this is Kevin. I got okay. a question. Go ahead, Kevin. Because this is one Rob always beats me up on, right? So, and we we've interchanged it even on this conversation, and it's 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 become a pet peeve of mine. So, for clarity, do you have a handicap or do you have an index? You have a handicap. You have a handicap index. <laughs> but if you go play on a particular course, you then have a course handicap. All right, so and that's, just, and that's semantics. <laughs> so, 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 Robert, let's let's you know, let's let's. I'm going to ask you a question from a uh, from an amateur standpoint. So, like Kevin said, I, I know y'all said you know you have a handicap index, but so so generally, so if if I if I'm talking to somebody, you know, I'm not going to ask the person what's their handicap. I'm going to ask them what's their index. Is that the, the proper way to ask a person? 
it's the proper way, but it's kind of tinged with bougie-ness when you do it. So you can okay. just say, what's your handicap if you want to. <laughs> right. But, but, but technical, right? It, but, but technically, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> you have a, personally, you have an index, and the handicap is the, the it's the course handicap, right? You if use your index as part of the calculation to, calc to, to establish a course handicap for a round you're going to play. Okay. See, Ro, I'll get it eventually, man. <laughs> see, see, Kevin has a handicap index. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right, y'all. But well, listen, this is this has been a great podcast. Uh, any, any any additional questions for Robert yes, Thompson? I have a question. Oh, yeah, um, go right here. So we don't have a handicap. We have a app, uh, Golf Shot. So we just kind of um, have you know record every time we play, or my son plays. So it says in there that as you can you can get a handicap index, but you have to purchase the gin number. So mm -hmm. if you do that through a club, we're not members of any club. We just play like different clubs, private or semi-private. But if we get the, if we buy the gin number through them, would it be calculated based on that particular course? Because we play different courses, so we'd record like different tournaments different golf courses we go. Is it like specific to that place where we register? So that's, that's a good question. So what you do is when you, if, if you don't belong to a physical club, you would, you would belong to a virtual e-club is, is what it's referred to through your state golf organization. But every, every golf course that you play, they have an extensive database in the gen system. You can just look it up by state, by name you would enter the course you played by both the course and, um, and the set of tees that you're playing. Now, I will say, um, I'm not sure how old your son is. If he's playing in, in um, I think Jamie may know more about this than I do, because I, I, the junior programs weren't nearly as, as advanced when I was a kid. But, um, you know, if he's playing from the forward tees, those tees would be in there. I don't know what I don't know if every course would have a, a registered set of tees or tee markers that are in front of the, what's considered the forward tee. So that's the, that's the only thing that will be of concern. Also, when we play now, we play, he plays the white tees, the men's tees. Oh, oh but he's in good. tournaments, they, they, um, they play yellow tees, they're forward. In, in okay. the U.S. it's tournaments, but when we play regular to practice, he plays the regular white tees. Yeah, so, so long as the tees are, have been rated and they're in the database, you enter it. So it's, it's just like playing a different course. So you go in again, you search on state, search the club or the course, and then enter the set of tees you're playing from. And, um, and Robert, I, I did want to let everybody know about this. I uh, got a, I think Sean is on here. Sean out of Oklahoma, he turned us on to uh, Youth On Course. And Youth On Course only charges juniors $5 for a index, and they can play um, at most courses um, for, I think, maybe 5 or $10 as well. So, um, Sean, yeah. is that about right, Sean? Yeah. Um, any, I was just going to say that instead of paying for the uh, – the, it's probably 30 bucks, I believe, for the um, – through the USGA to get your, your handicap, if you do the Youth On Course – when they send that card, it'll have your son's um, index number on the card. 
and then he should be able to register through through that um, for his index, I believe. Right, that's correct, Sean, because that's how I did John's uh, a couple months ago. Uh, Youth on Course is, is, a, is a great program where he can establish an index, and I think it's um, – E something like Robert was saying. E E and and even if even if you don't have courses in your area that he can play on, it's still worth the ten dollars just to, to to get the the index, you know. Um, and it's it's throughout the United States. So, for example, when we were down in Pinehurst last month, he could have played like number two and eight for for five bucks uh, at Pinehurst, you know. So, um, just all throughout the United States. Can I, can I get that? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, y'all. All right, any other questions for Robert before we get ready to wrap up this uh, junior podcast? I think it's been great. I have one question. Go ahead, Seven. Like, um, the handicap index matter if the, like, the course is part, like, like par 30? Like, it does the, like, does the handicap index change if the, co the course is, like, on par 30? Yeah, so you're playing. You're, I'm sorry. So it's a, it's a part of the playing. Um, you're you're playing. I'm sorry. Your 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 course handicap. And so, if as long as it's rated, even par thirty courses, we have some we have some short courses around here, um, and they do establish course ratings and um, and um, and slope ratings. Um, and one other thing to note is that you can enter a nine hole score and it'll simply combine the next time you play a nine hole um, to, to establish a, a full score. And Robert, one more thing I noticed um, uh, as part of the index now, it's uh, they also um, have in there, if you were playing at home or if you were playing away, uh, a tournament. So they got a couple of different variables in there as well too. That's correct. That's okay. correct. Good, good. All right. Well, listen, y'all. Thank y'all so much for being a part of the Black Junior Golf Podcast. It's been a great night. Thank y'all so much for being on. We'll see y'all next time. Have a good night. All right. Bye-bye.